Hey guys, I'm your host Jeremy and welcome to part three of our series, Do It Anyways, on the Everyman Livestream. Now over this series, we've been learning that faith in Jesus means that you will be going against how you feel, what you see, or the consensus opinion in order to realize God's purpose and experience God's power. Now today, we will explore the challenge of being called to love others the way Jesus has loved us. Now I think we can all agree that this is easier said than done especially if you have had no good models in your life. Now, every man wants great connections with the people in his life, but we need help. In particular, we need Jesus' help to pull that off. Now, the good news is that our relationship with Jesus already has provided all you need to meet the challenge of loving others when it's not convenient, comfortable, or even feels fair. Now, before we get started, take a moment and share this live stream, and be sure to leave a comment in the comment section below. Now. Let's join men's expert and pastor Kenny Luck live at Crossline Community Church in Laguna Hills, California for part three of Do It Anyways. Good morning, men. If you have a Bible, you're going to want to hold two spots. One is in John chapter 15 and the other is in 1 John 4. We're continuing this series called Do It Anyways. Uh, let's start with a question. Wouldn't you agree that it's easier to be loved than to love well? Right? It's easier to say loving words than to take loving actions. Amen? In my walk with God, there are tensions and there's forces that encourage me not to do what God wants me to do, not to live the way God wants me to live, and not relate to people the way God wants me to relate. There's forces inside of me, selfish forces, insecure forces, fearful forces. And then there's forces outside of me. There's the popular culture. And then there's the dark one, my adversary, the enemy. And those forces are conspiring to try to encourage me not to do the things God wants me to do, love the way God wants me to love, and live the way God wants me to live. That's why we're doing this series called Do It Anyways, because that's what Jesus did. Those same forces were moving against Jesus. Those same forces are moving against you. Those same forces will be in play until your heart stops and you stand before God face to face. And so we're learning how to overcome the tension, the pressure, those forces to do the things God wants us to do, live the way God wants us to live, and love the way God wants us to love. And today, we're looking at the topic of when you don't feel like it, when your circumstances say you shouldn't, when culture says you don't have to. We're going to be talking about how to love anyways. You see, Jesus, in his final sort of huddle with his guys before going to the cross, he hits on some topics, and this whole topic of love was a big theme, all right? Everybody say this with me. Final words, highest importance. Right, so if someone is going to their death and they say, hey, Here's some things I really want you to know. And then they start talking about, you know what? How you love is super important. I could choose all these different topics, but I choose this topic. And that's what's going on in John chapter 15, verses 9 through 13. So we're going to look at Jesus talking with his men and calling them to love under pressure. All right? He says this. Let's read it together. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. 
Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept the Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. So final words, highest importance, and the call to love. As Jesus is going to the cross, as the disciples are going to go through that horrible week, as they're going to think that their leader and savior is dead, third day he rises again. And then they get about the business in the book of Acts of loving God and loving people. So let's unpack it, right? Now, the first thing that we need to see here is the call to, number one, remain in Christ's love. Remain in Christ's love. That's the first thing we see. Now, if we're going to love people well, if we're going to love people the way Jesus wants to, us to love them, we have to, to stay in God's love. Right? Which means that this relationship right here is going to dictate these relationships right here. You follow that? If I'm connected to Christ and if I'm remaining in his courageous, his unconditional, and his sacrificial love, I'm going to love people better. You see, this is one of the confusing things to the world, men, is that we claim a relationship to Jesus, but we're not loving really well. Why is that? Well, just back up the equation. Are we remaining in Christ's love? Are we focused on his unconditional, sacrificial, and courageous love for us so that then we can reproduce it and love people unconditionally, love people courageously, love people sacrificially? So that's the first key. If you want to love well, and if you want to obey the command of Jesus to love your girlfriend, your wife, your neighbor, your friend, a complete stranger you got to remain in Christ's love. Secondly, I reprioritize around Christ's ways. Jesus said, if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. So remaining in Christ's love is the key to loving in relationships, and the key to remaining in Christ's love is to let Christ's ways become my ways. I have to reprioritize. I have to get into a whole nother mode of thinking and believing and living and reprioritizing, and it's got to be according to Christ's way. If I'm going to love like Christ, I have to love Christ's way, and that's an exchange. So that's the second thing we see, Jesus, final words, highest importance, guys, remain in my love, and reprioritize your life around my ways. That's what it means to keep his commands, okay? The word keep is in contrast to the word, maybe, let go. And in the moment, under pressure, when you're called to love sacrificially, when you don't see, like, this is a, a time where I should love, or, or you don't feel like it's a time I should love, you're going you're gonna to have to go, wait, there's Christ's way and there's my way, there's Christ's commands, and then there's the broken culture around me. I'm going to go with Christ's ways and my connection to him. So that's the second thing we see. Third thing we see is that when we remain in Christ's love and we, we reprioritize Christ's ways, we renew our souls. We renew our souls. He says, remain in my love, and if you keep my commands, you'll remain in my love. And then he says, that there's this great phrase. He says, I have told you this so that. 
Okay, why is he saying this? It's so that you will be renewed, so that you will feel full and satisfied and complete and happy and feel the blessing of God on your life. I'm telling you this, guys, so that your joy, my joy, may be in you and that your joy may be complete. You see how relationship with Jesus fills us from the inside out and then we're full and we're satisfied because of this and now we can focus on our relationships and the people that God brings into our lives and the people that we manage and the people who are closest to us and the people that God wants us to reach and we're able to love them courageously, sacrificially and unconditionally like Jesus if we remain in Christ's love, reprioritize around Christ's ways and if we're filled on the inside, it's hard to give away what you don't possess, amen? So if you are not experiencing love, don't expect to give away love. But if you are experiencing supernatural, transcendent love, expect, based on that experience, to be able to rise above your feelings and your circumstances to love people. Amen? Fourth thing we see is that once we're remaining and we're reprioritizing and we're getting filled up, our joy is being made full and being complete. Now we reproduce in a specific way. We reproduce love in a specific way. Uh, the exact words are, love each other as I have loved you. So then we get to these three words I've been saying multiple times over and over again in the first 10 minutes of this study. How does Jesus love me? Jesus, say this with me, Jesus loves me unconditionally, courageously, and sacrificially. Jesus loves me unconditionally, courageously, and sacrificially. How, where do we see that? We see that in the Garden of Gethsemane where he says, I don't want to love them that much, but I'll do it. Your will be done, not my will be done. That's courage. That's the single greatest moment of courage you've ever seen where a man confronts God's purpose. He doesn't want to do it, but he says yes anyway. So he's courageous, he's sacrificial. You ever notice that? That cultural love and the way we're kind of trained to love by the culture, it's all emotional. I mean, 95% of all iTunes downloads have to do with emotional love. You know, someone's in love, someone wants to be in love, someone's lost love, someone's really mad at the person who stopped loving them. All right, that's country music, by the way. Um, so, but biblical love is not emotional. Biblical love is sacrificial. Final words, highest importance. And Jesus is teaching his guys, this is really what love looks like, okay? Are there emotions connected to loving? Certainly. Is there a, a neurotic side to love? Yes, there is. But it's not the most important kind. In fact, you know, the emotional kind will go up and down. It's called an emotional roller coaster, right? The erotic kind, that'll satisfy for a little bit, but it's not gonna sustain you. All right? But sacrificial love is what communicates. In fact, that's why we love Jesus. We love Jesus because he sacrificially loved us. We follow Jesus because we sac he sacrificially loved us. And so when we talk about reproducing God's love, Jesus says, love each other as I have loved you. That's a pretty high standard. Love other people the way Jesus has loved me. <coughs> Lastly, we see that we rise in our ability to love. Jesus says, greater love has no man than this. 
Jesus is teaching that, you know what, you're loving at a certain level right now, then I'm going to model for you what true love is, then your love, is, your love level is going to rise to a new level. You're going to get into this zone as, a, as my follower into sacrificially loving. What does that look like? That's when you say no to yourself to say yes to others. That's where your needs being met in the moment are second, other people's needs are first. So we remain, we reprioritize, we renew, we reproduce. And then we get into this loving at a new level, God's level, more and more. And that's an ongoing process of learning how to love like that. Now, we see the kind of the whole picture. Here we have the pre-crucifixion picture, final words, highest importance. Then Jesus goes to the cross. And then we see in the book of Hebrews a little reflection on just exactly how Jesus loved. And this is a, an indicator. This is a, a, a kind of a, it shows a picture of the way that we're called to, to love anyways. Let's read Hebrews 12, two and three. Ready? Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding the shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne, Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people, then you won't become weary and give up. You see, the reason why men don't love really well is because men don't have models of loving really well. But the Bible says, you know what? You need to think about how Jesus loved. How did he love? He endured. He disregarded shame and humiliation. He endured hostility to love. Why? The first six words, because of the joy awaiting him. So it wasn't without incentive, right? What's the joy? Okay, here we go. Drum roll three. The joy was you. The joy was relationship. The joy was knowing, relating, loving, helping you. If he doesn't endure the cross, he doesn't, we don't get to enjoy a relationship with Jesus. Now go back to John 15. I'm telling you this so that my what? Joy might be in you. So now we're linking those words with this reflection in the Bible and we're learning, wow, uh, the joy of a relationship with Jesus does not happen unless a man sacrificially, courageously, and unconditionally loves Wow. So there's the template. So I want you to recognize a dynamic, all right? Write this down. Loving like Jesus equals self-limitation. Self-limitation. You could, you could parenthetically say that's sacrifice. When any man self-limits, all right, what he's doing is he's saying, well, I could do this, but I'm going to limit that to do this. I could do it this way. I could act this way. I could say those words. I could withdraw. I could behave in this certain way. But I'm not going to do that. I'm going to limit myself, and I'm going to do this. That's what Jesus is getting at when he says, greater love has no man than this, that he lay down his life. It means he gives up his own comfort, his own convenience to take up relationship. Does that make sense? 
to take up more relationship. Guys, if you wanna take up more relationship, if you wanna have more impact, you gotta learn to love like that. You gotta learn how to say no to yourself and to say yes to God and yes to this relationship and then you remain in Christ's love and you reprioritize around Christ's ways and now all of a sudden you're feeling renewed and that strength that comes from a relationship with Jesus loving you unconditionally, sacrificially, and courageously then fills you from the inside out. Now you can give away what you possess and you can reproduce the love that Jesus has given you with other people. That's what the world needs. That's what your wife needs. That's what the people you manage needs. Courageous love. And so when we talk about loving like Jesus and self-limiting, what does it look like? Well, we might have to give up a few things to love like Jesus in the moment, all right? And I listed just some examples. I might have to give up an attitude, all right? I might have to give up a behavior, I might have to give up a response. I might have to give up a comfort. I might have to give up a right to retaliate. I might have to give up a feeling inside. I might have to give up an impulse. I might have to give up some control in a relationship. I might have to give up a portion of my time or a portion of my wallet. I might have to give up a pattern that I've adopted over a long period of time that usually gets me what I want. I might have to give up a freedom. I might have to give up a golden opportunity. See, these are the things that are on a day-to-day basis, they get in the way or they tempt us from not loving the way Jesus loves us. So let's look at men who love sacrificially. Now, men who love sacrificially like Jesus, again, greater love has no man than this, that he laid down his life. So the principle is giving up self to take up relationship, all right, and love well. So men who love well, number one, they have a model to reference. Okay, now we're going to camp in 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4 is sort of the Magna Carta on how to love like Jesus. In 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 10, it says this, dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God, and what? knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. Let's finish it together. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sin. I want you to see three things about the model that we have to reference as we go about loving people anyways, in spite of how we feel or what we see. Number one, I want you to see the command, all right? Circle, let us love one another. And I want you to see that the command is rooted in a connection. The Bible says everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. You see the command to love? It's rooted in a connection, okay? It's not rooted in an option. See, we live in a Western, quasi-democratic place where we have a lot of freedoms and you're free to choose. We have a lot of options, right? I mean, go pick a cereal in the grocery store. A lot of options. Go pick, it's like there's too many, right? That's a free society. It's beautiful. It's given by God. It was paid for in blood, right? It's a wonderful thing. But sometimes 
in westernized culture, we feel like everything's an option. Obeying this command is an option. Let us love one another. And what I love about this is that we love well because our model and connection to Jesus is there. It's a, it's a connection. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. If you want to love well, be born of God and know God. Secondly, I want you to see that the connection to Jesus determines your ability and the quality of how you love. goes on. Right? This is how God showed his love among us, among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. And so we see that not only is the command rooted in a connection, but that command and that connection, if I'm, if I'm dialed into it, all right, I'm going to start loving because I have a connection to Jesus. And Jesus says that I'm to love other people the way he loves me. Now, that whole dynamic right there, that's going to determine the quality of your relationships. I know that without Jesus, I would not be nearly as loving as I am, and I still got a long way to go. Why? Because I just serve myself. I just meet my own needs. Third thing I want you to see is that the model is not emotional, but sacrificial. Uh, In verse 10, it says, this is love. Okay, now what follows? Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And he sent his son as an atoning what? Sacrifice. There's two sacrifices that are made there. I'm going to give up my very best relationship that I have. God the Father says, I'm going to give up my son. Then I'm not only going to give him up, I'm going to let him be crucified by people who hate him. Wow. That's... That's the model. Okay, that's not an, no dad wants to go, all right, yeah, son, leave me, go there and die a torturous death. He wasn't like cheering that on. It was just like, no, this is something because I love what I've made and because I love all those guys who sit at the tables on Thursday morning and listen online, because I love all them, I'm going to do something and I'm not really glad or happy to do it, but I'm going to do it anyways because I want relationships. Okay, so that's number one. Men who love well have a model to reference. If you're a follower of Jesus, you can learn to love. I don't know about you, but growing up, I didn't have a model. My dad was a ghost. I never saw him. He lived and slept in the house and he went to work, but we had no connection whatsoever. The connection between dad and mom was fragmented, and I just didn't have a model to love. If that's you and you're like me, it's okay. You can learn how to love from Jesus Christ. Receive Christ. Know Christ. Understand and recognize and respond to what Jesus did for you. Receive it for yourself. Invite him into your life, and his spirit will take over your ability to love, and he'll start loving through you. Why? Because you're going to start experiencing courageous, unconditional, and sacrificial love. Secondly, men who love well have a motivation to reproduce. Write that down. They have a motivation to reproduce. Let's read 1 John 4, 11 and 12. Ready? Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. All right? Circle since God so loved us. And then circle ought to love one another and connect the two. 
See, there's a, there's a motivation there, all right, where it's sort of like this. So loved men, okay, men who are so loved. I love the language. Since God so loved us. It's not just like, hey, God loves you. No, he so loved you. How did he so love you? He gave up a lot to love you, okay? And you experience that. You, you witness that and you go, oh my gosh, God gave up so much to love me. He so loved me. And then we experience being so loved and then we now in turn get to love so well. So loved men love so well. Let's say that together. So loved men love so well. You see, this is the transforming power of Jesus and it's a witness to the world when you learn how to love so well. There is an attack right now on masculine strength because masculine strength in the public square is men who have wealth, influence, power, visibility, and they use that wealth, influence, power, and visibility not to love well, but to abuse people well. And it's in the headlines every day. It's coming out. You know what the world's ready for? The world's ready for a wave of spirit-filled and spirit-empowered men who know Jesus and who've experienced unconditional, sacrificial, and courageous love, and then who go out into the world and into the small spaces in their cities, communities, and families, and they start loving well. And when we start loving well, people start talking well about us. Does that make sense? And there's hundreds of million of us on planet Earth right now. Man, if we just did that in the simple spaces where we live every day, the world would be a different place and evil would be defeated tomorrow. So we're here and we're listening and we're a part of that, that call of God in the world to love well. So we have a motivation to reproduce, okay? Third, men who love well are moved inwardly to reprioritize. Look at what it says. We're just going a couple verses, next set of verses in 1 John chapter 4. It says this, this is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us of his what? Spirit, right? This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit. We're moved inwardly by the Holy Spirit to reprioritize. Look what it says, verse 14. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, let's finish it together, God lives in them and they in God. God lives in them. We're moved inwardly because when we become a Christian, God deposits, according to Galatians 4, the spirit of his son. He pours the spirit of his son into our hearts. When he pours the spirit of his son who loved us courageously, unconditionally, and sacrificially into our hearts, that has an effect, or at least it should. It should have an effect. It should move you inwardly. There's a new spirit in me. There's a new life of loving through me. There's a new identity. There's a new energy. There's a new expression. And guess what? My ability to love is not connected to the worthiness of the person in front of me. Because if that was the standard, I'm out. I'm not forgiven and I'm not going to heaven because I was not worthy of Christ's love for me, for him to do that. 
But you see, this is where the Bible pounds the point, you know, where it says, you know, while we were still powerless, it says, you see, at just the right moment, this is Romans 5, 6 through 8, you see, at just the right time, while we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person. Uh, an unrighteous person, though for a good person someone might die, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You see, that should move you inwardly. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. It reminds you of the relationship and the basis of the connection that you have with God. It's somebody connecting with you when you were powerless, when you were helpless. You can do anything. You ever felt like that? Like a drowning person who's going to drown? Or like someone who's weak and can't, 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 can't go into battle, can't raise the sword, can't lift the shield? When it comes to securing a relationship with God and heaven and the life that God's got, powerless. But at just the right time, Christ comes into your life. Christ gives you this new capacity. Christ deposits his spirit inside of you. God lives in them, they in God. Now this unstoppable force of love is going to get released, okay? So that's third. Fourth, men who love well are made confident to risk. They're made confident to risk. Just moving a couple verses down in 1 John chapter 4. Let's read 1 John 4, 16 to 18 together. Ready? And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. If you want to know what will kill your ability to love people well, it's fear on the inside. Fear is the Ebola of love. It shuts it down. Why? Because when you fear losing control, or when you fear losing power, or when you fear losing what what you may think you deserve or ought to have at any given moment, or if you fear, you know, um, the unknown of what if I love and I don't get love back? You're not going to love. You got to risk it. You got to give it out there. You got to put it out there. And that's where the Bible is saying here where if we want to have confidence before God who said, remain in my love, reprioritize around my ways, renew yourself in me and get filled up with the joy of knowing me, then reproduce love all right, and rise to this new level of loving other people. You know, if you, if you want to love that way, that's going to give you the most confidence when we're standing like this. When your heart stops and you're standing like this with Jesus, that's what's going to give you confidence in that moment. Did I love well? Well, you can be confident in that moment if you're confident now. You know how you get confident now? Experience the love of God the unconditional, courageous, and sacrificial love of God, and then you'll start living for an audience of one 
versus an audience of many. And you'll, you won't, you'll stop caring about your fears and what you might lose or the control you might give up. And you'll just love anyways, and you'll put that other stuff in God's pile. Amen? See, that's the risk. And you see, the world, what the world's waiting for is guys who are ready to take that risk and love people the way Jesus loved them. There's no fear in love, Jesus, uh, the Bible says. Lastly, men who love well make themselves accountable for relationships. And we just go a couple, couple of verses further in this passage in 1 John 4, and we read this. We love because he first loved us. Now, here we go. Whoever claims to love God and yet hates a brother or sister is a what? He's a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen, all right, you're in front of me, you're flesh and blood, you got a heartbeat, I'm connected to you, you're connected to me, all right, I have opportunities to love you. Whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they've seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. Let's finish it together. And he has given us this command, anyone who loves God must love their brother and sister. There is no such thing, according to the Bible, as a strong Christian who doesn't strongly love. Why? Because they've been strongly loved. That's why, you know, as parents, we'll go, wait, we provided for you, we protected you, we showed you model, we were imperfect, but we did a pretty good job. And and then when your kid goes out there and does things contrary sort of to the family culture, you're like, hey, wait a minute, we didn't train you to do that. We didn't teach you to do that. I mean, God's a father. I was like, wait, this is what I did. This is what I gave you. This is the spirit I deposited inside of you. I gave up so much to have a relationship with you. And then my son modeled for you how to do it, and he went to great lengths. So I gave up, he gave up, the Holy Spirit gave up, just so that we could have the potential to live a life of love and have joy inside and give life to the people around us. And when we don't, it's like, wow, do you, do you, are, do you live in me? Are you mine? You see, that's where so loved men love so well. The Bible, it's almost like in this passage where it's like there's the claim and then there's the action. It's almost dysfunctional to be a part of God's family and not to not love well because we're a part of this family. Like my kids, you know, I remember as they were growing up, I would just say, hey, remember your luck, you know, and then, you know, it's like ad infinitum, it's probably seared on their brain. Hey, remember your luck. Lux love God and help people. They would go to high school. They'd go to elementary school. Go, you know, Lux love God and help people. Lux love, love God and help people. That's like the family culture. Want to know what our culture is, men? Loving really well. Love as I have loved you. Final words, highest importance. Okay? And it's not like as you're on your way out. This is for your whole life. Because the Bible says that to God, living 70, 80, 90 years, it's like a vapor. It's like a day to him. Hey, remember, you're my sons. Love me really well and love others really well. Love like my son. So when we look at this whole idea, we see, I, think, I think we see the battle. You're going to walk out the door and you're going to intersect with people. 
when you intersect with people, you have opportunities to love. Whether it's an employee, a wife, a neighbor, whoever. And then you, you have, if you're a Christian, you have a model to reference, okay? You have a motivation to reproduce, right? God's loved you, so we also ought to love one another. You have the spirit of God inside of you that's going, hey, you should love that person like Jesus. You should say no to yourself. You should set some time aside to, to get into that space. You should write a check. You should do, you know, asking you to, to do something that's, that's like, oh, I, there's a tension. Oh, I got to let go of that to do this. Yes, that's what you got to do. Take a risk. You ha- you're moved inwardly, right, to reprioritize. And, and after you do that several times, now all of a sudden you have this, this, this experience behind you that says, yeah, that's, I got to keep doing that. Because every time I do that, my life gets filled with joy and I begin to live out my purpose and I begin to witness for Christ. But you know what? The devil is working night and day against you to keep you in your own head. To say, oh, no, no, you don't have time for that. Or you shouldn't limit yourself there to love that other person. No, be democratic. You can choose, man. It's a free society. If it feels good, do that. Go with your heart. All right? My heart is selfish. I don't know about your heart. But I will choose me so often. And so that's where we have to get into. Wherever there's tension in your life, there's opportunity. Say this with me. Wherever there's tension, there's opportunity. And so in your relationships, if there is tension, there's opportunity. And God just might be calling you to take a risk to do something. And guess what? Doing that thing, you're going to have to self-limit. You're going to have to give up, you know, something. And then... Let's just remember that when we land in front of God, he's not going to assess your portfolio. He's not going to assess where you live. He's not going to assess your second vacation home. He's not going to assess how in shape you are. He is going to assess the quality of your relationships. Wow. That's what it says in the Bible. We have confidence on the day of judgment. God's love is made complete in us. We're not, we don't love in a fearful way. We love confidently, we risk. So at the end of your notes, there's a, little, there's a little outline, all right? Now, the scale is one to 10, and like a one is, I really don't make people feel loved. On the other end of the scale is, people feel really loved around me, all right? Now, we tend to give ourselves higher scores because we're not as objective when it comes to ourselves, but if someone really close to you or who, or who works for you or maybe not the person that's your fan, but maybe someone who's a little bit more objective in your life, if they were to give you a rating, what would they give? Someone who is connected to you, who's used to seeing you, who's, how would you do? And the, the goal is not perfection. No one ever gets perfect in doing this, but the goal is to move the needle, amen? Let's move the needle today, all right, in our, our ability to love, all right? Truly courageous people, ask the people they are called to love, all right, what do I do that's unloving? That takes a lot of courage. What do I do that is unloving? And you listen, and you internalize that, 
And maybe you need to apologize. Maybe you change your attitude. Maybe you change your actions. Maybe you take a big step. All right? All you married guys, you know, want to take a big risk? Ask your wife. What do I do that's unloving? And just listen, you know? But guess what? If it's true, it's God. Because all truth is God's truth. Amen? Jesus said, I'm the truth. So, guys, this is challenging. But we say around here at Crossline all the time, if I don't do relationships right, I'm not doing life right. God has equipped you with everything you need to do your relationships with right. right? Let's bow our heads and let's ask God right now to fill us and empower us to live this way and to love anyways. Father, thank you so much that um, we have a model to reference. We don't need to look for motivation. Jesus, you've supplied it in your very life and actions. We don't need extra power. We just need to tap into the power of the Holy Spirit. And then we need to take some risks. And Father, I know that there's some men in the room and men watching online who need to take a risk today and love someone perhaps that's unlovable or overcome a fear to love a person, love the church, love other men in their lives, and just step into that space because you've made them confident. They're secure in your love, which then allows them to be confident taking a risk. God, just help us to hear your voice that's saying right now in this moment, I got you, go for it, don't be afraid. And thank you, God, that you make us accountable for our relationships. That at the end of our lives, which you say is a vapor, it appears and then it is gone. That at the end of our lives, we will look back before we look at your eyes in front of you and we'll assess our relationships. So thank you for time that we have now left on earth to make things right in our relationships, in our families, in our marriages, in our workplaces, to do the right thing. Holy Spirit, fill us today. Holy Spirit, empower us today to love like Jesus. Holy Spirit, control us. Give us the mind of Christ. And when you speak, help us to recognize your voice and respond to it and start loving people, Jesus, the way you loved us. In Christ's name we pray and God's men said, amen.